Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Good morning, everyone. I'm Natalie. I'm the new remote assistant coming to you from Northern California, and I'm going to be reading the scripture today. It's Luke 2, verses 8 through 20 in the New Living Translation. The Shepherds and Angels. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all those things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. If any of us were going to write up a list of places we expect to meet God, I'm guessing very few of us would include construction sites. Now, uh, my, my family includes folks who uh, blade concrete for decades, uh, hung drywall, other construction trades. It's an honorable profession. That's, that's not the issue. It's just... Um, there's a lot of noise and people doing stuff. It's by definition unfinished. No, no, no. We, we expect to meet God either sort of out in nature or perhaps in the buildings after they're completed, like temples and churches, right, that are dedicated to a particular purpose. But the story of the angels showing up to the shepherds and announcing the birth of Jesus is exactly this. Shepherds being the first to come and adore this newborn Lord, Savior, King, is a matter of God showing up on the outside edges of where we would possibly expect Him to be. 
It's Christmas, come to us on the margins. Now, for lots of us, shepherds don't feel all that marginal, I'm guessing. After all, for most of us, uh, sheep are kind of cute. And we think of wool, it's comfy on a cold night. And shepherds are cute kids in a Christmas play. <laughs> but these shepherds in the original story, uh, they're a little scruffier and not so cute, in large part because the sheep aren't so cute. In ancient Bethlehem, the sheep smell bad. They have lice in their wool. They actually have poop in their wool. And if the shepherds aren't paying constant attention, the sheep are going to find themselves lost or killed. Poor shepherds, they're like the janitors of the livestock world. It's a never-ending task just to keep things status quo. And I say that with lots of affection, actually. When I arrived here in Eastside to be pastor with Inglewood Church and I saw this bad boy right here, I was like, hello, old friend. I worked back in the day in Portland, Oregon as an assistant janitor at a high school for four years. And um, yeah, I spent a lot of quality time with machines just like this. Back to the shepherds. There's another way that these guys are on the outside, they're on the margins. It's not just that they're physically outside and they're outside of Bethlehem in the fields watching their flocks by night. It's also that then and now, birth announcements come to family and friends first. I actually got a picture of this little cutie the day she was born because her dad and I are friends. But when God's own son is born into this world, these shepherds get the message before anyone else, as far as we know, uh, except for Joseph and Mary and the people in the house where they're staying. Now, while we recognize that these shepherds are on the outside, let's take a moment to notice that this good news is not restricted to them, yes? This good news comes for all the people, not even just for Israel, all the people. And it's not just good news for the Holy Land, it's the earth. God's good news comes from the margins to all. In fact, God's good news comes from the margins precisely because it is good news for all. No one is excluded. If it came from the center outwards, we might think that there's some special qualification that brings you in other than just simply receiving it open-handedly. No, 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 no. God's good news comes from the outsides to the center, from the particular to all, precisely because God's good news is for all. But bringing good news to all and the glory of God manifest on a farm is not actually all that unusual for God. God continually throughout history works through those who are overlooked by the rest of society, by, honestly, by us. Abram and Sarah, the parents of the entire chosen people of God, were random moon worshipers in a city called Ur. When the priesthood of the people of God had grown decrepit and corrupt, it was renewed through the son of a woman of no particular account named Hannah, who simply had opened her heart up to God in longing for a child. When the first king of Israel went bad and God told the prophet Samuel to 
go locate the one whom God would use. <laughs> he didn't send Samuel to the great or the old or the wise or, well, anyone that we would have looked at. God sent Samuel to anoint the seventh son, the little kid who was out taking care of, well, the sheep. David, the great king of Israel, starting out as, well, a shepherd. I think Luke would have us see yet one more way that God works from the margins. Yes, every culture has particular people, particular groups, particular professions, particular whatever that we in that particular time and place tend to overlook, tend to discount. And those are the people whom God very frequently comes to first so that we all might be blessed. But if God works through the social margins of a particular culture or society, God also works through what we might refer to or think of as our inner margins. God tends so very often to come to us and do his most dramatic work in us in the inner spaces that we tend to want to overlook. Our hurts, our fears, our hopes, our dreams, the things where we don't quite want to touch them, don't quite want to deal with them, and those are the places that God will so often touch, as well, of course, of our margins, meaning our space for reflection and thinking, just having space to be, solitude and silence and those pauses where there isn't much to do. It's actually one of the things I really enjoyed about being a janitor. I, Yes, paying attention to detail and what's on the floor ahead of me, either you know sweeping or mopping or running the machines or whatever I was doing. Lots to pay attention to, to be careful of, to be thorough, to be diligent. But there was also space to simply be thinking and reflecting and contemplating on other things going on in my life. And I enjoyed that combination of being productive with my hands and space to reflect in other ways at the same time. And I'm told that the similar kind of thing happens with shepherding, with animals, that yes, there's on one level a full occupation. There's always something to do, but also a space to pay attention to things outside as well as things internal. And those spaces, those margins, are so often where God reaches into our hearts to speak his good news. Luke is explicit about this with Mary. When the shepherds come, they no doubt tell her the whole story. They praise God, they coo over the baby. There's lots of love and communication happening. And Luke tells us that Mary treasures all these things in her heart. She makes space. She creates margin, internal margin, to hold on to these things that God has done so that she can continue to draw on them, to continue to lean on what God has done and what God has spoken as she begins this dramatic life. But I think Luke also wants us to implicitly see the shepherds as people who have margin in their inner life to reflect and receive God's work, God's word, 
in their lives and continue to act on it. They share the good news with everyone they meet. They continue to talk and proclaim and enjoy out of the margin, the space they have in their own life to do so. So how are we being invited to respond? First, if we find ourselves on the margins, take heart, be encouraged. If we're discouraged and burned out and just pleading for God to intervene, if we're being ignored and left out, God says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, meaning we don't have it yet, for righteousness. If we're on the margins, we are right where God most commonly comes in to intervene, to provide, to rescue, to save. If we're more comfortable, then we might need to take some other actions. And in this, we can take our cues from Luke himself. Among all the writings of the New Testament, which were all originally in the Greek language, Luke's grammar and syntax and vocabulary stands out as coming from a very well-educated man. The references to him being a physician, Luke is a very capable individual. And as he encounters Jesus through the ministry of the Apostle Paul, Luke then begins to travel around and meet others who have known Jesus, both those who knew him personally in Palestine but also those who have come to know him, not in a simply head knowledge, but come to know him as we are all invited to do yet today. And as Luke comes to know Jesus, we can see in his writings that Luke pays particular attention to the margins, the inner margins of our spiritual and emotional an intellectual life, the space we create inwardly for God to work, to pay attention to what he's doing in our lives. And yes, paying attention to the social margins. Luke, more than any of the other gospel writers, is especially attentive to the voices of women, so often excluded, especially in traditional patriarchal cultures, but yes, still today in a variety of ways. Luke pays particular attention to the needs of the poor or the ethnic outcast. Luke shows how Jesus himself comes alongside those who are left out and pushed out and draws them in. And it is in paying attention to the margins, internal margins and the social margins, that Luke clearly encounters Jesus. And we know this because that's how he writes his entire narrative. Again, based on his interviews and time with those who knew Jesus personally in the flesh. So this Christmas, let's join Luke and the countless others who've known Jesus and received from him to look to the margins, the inner margins, the social margins, and receive the goodness and the love of the Jesus who comes to us at Christmas.